Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Charlie Daggett is in Ukraine right now on this first anniversary of the war. And Charlie, first thing I want to know is what was supposed to be a three-day special military operation to topple Ukraine and carve up the country kind of turned into a year long. No one expected this to go this long, did they? No, not at all. And when we were here... Uh, reporting, we were trying to figure out whether we were going to stay in Kyiv because, you know, the predictions were pretty dire. The Russians were going to topple the capital within 96 hours, and some of that intelligence is coming out of the U.S. Uh, we know now that uh, President Volodymyr Zelensky w- w- was offered that he may have been able to get out of the, the city, out of the capital, in order to save himself. Uh, the country itself might fall within, you know, a couple of weeks. So those were the predictions at the time. And I believe them. We all believe them. And we were worried about uh, the people of Ukraine and ourselves. And and you could see the the panic that it sparked because there were tens of thousands of people who rushed to the train station here in uh, Kyiv to get out of the country. And something like 18 million people were displaced uh, in, in the big rush and panic to get away as the attacks are happening. But I have to say, when that was happening, in the initial hours and days of the invasion, there were airstrikes, there were cruise missiles, there were Russian forces who were closing in on the city within 15 miles of the city. So there was every indication that those dire predictions would come true. And the, the other thing about this is the fact that Ukraine had to basically bring in regular citizens to take up arms. They'd never been involved in the military before. Basically, they got drafted. Yeah, and and it's extraordinary what happened in the 24 hours after the invasion began. And I think this is this is what I really want to focus on because it's it's we can talk about what's happened in the year since, but I think what is crucial and, and vital is what happened in the 24 hours after the invasion began, because we went out onto the streets and they were handing out weapons at sports centers. Uh, citizens were, were picking up the weapons. They were putting up barricades. They were, and we've seen these, these images now, but having witnessed it myself, it was extraordinary to watch with the Molotov cocktails. Everything was closed off. And we spoke to, um, the Secretary of Defense, Alexei Reznikov, who said, because I asked him, I said, okay, we understand now, we understand the bravery and courage of 
Ukrainian soldiers and the Ukrainian military, but but that's not enough to stop one of the most powerful militaries in the world from advancing on Kyiv and and Ukraine itself. But it was real. And and what was happening, not just the fact that you had these citizen soldiers and people who are who are putting up the barricades, but they were calling in whenever they saw, you know, a Russian convoy or a Russian tank coming down the street. They were able to call that in and say, this is it. And they they were pinning it, you know, on maps and, and calling it in. You essentially had an entire nation um, of spotters and spies who who were stopping the Russians anywhere they went. And it was real and it was effective. And it was just enough in the early days to slow down the Russian invasion and the Russian advance until better weapons came in. And when this war first started, we also heard stories about Russian soldiers, how they thought they're just going there to do military exercises and then find out they're fighting in a real war. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm cynical. I've been covering conflicts for however many years. So I always have to take one side with a pinch of salt. But from we have been given evidence and we've been told that the the soldiers, the Russian soldiers who were advancing uh, had their parade uniforms inside their vehicles. The understanding was they were just going to essentially march right in, either through intimidation or with the expectation that they would be greeted as liberators. And they would be marching down the streets of the capital within a few days. And that's why they had their, their parade uniforms on them. We've seen the images. And, and again, I take that with a grain of salt. But it was misplayed. The, what, what is very, very clear to, I mean, do you remember the 40 mile convoy of death? Yeah. I was here, you know, I was here when it was coming. And every morning I'd, I'd have to say, well, it hasn't gone much further. It hasn't gone much further. And they eventually had to turn around what was left of it because they were marching in and they weren't coming in in a sort of combat formation. They were plowing down the street and it was intimidating. It was scary. I mean, I, Look, hand on heart, I thought that the Russians would be barking uh, or coming down um, the, the streets and avenues of um, of Kiev itself. And they came within 15 miles of it. They got very close. Bucha and Urpin, as we've seen those horrific pictures, it was really happening, but it was just misjudged. And it wasn't the, the logistic line wasn't put in place. It was very cold. So you had soldiers who just were unsupported. And you also had um, Ukrainian forces who were exploiting the weaknesses in the forward advance of the Russian soldiers who were trying to take over these areas. They were trying to do it quickly. Essentially, they weren't prepared for a bogged down war. They were prepared for maybe three to five days of fighting and not what it's turned into. And the Secretary of Defense in the UK has said Russia has 97% of its army in Ukraine. So the Russians literally, with their militaries, all in on this. Well, they are at the moment. In, and I don't know. You know, I, I know that the, the, the British, the British intelligence are um, sort of forward advanced party in terms of the intelligence, what's going on. But but we also have to be aware that that the Russian bench is deep in terms of personnel. It's a big country. Uh, President Putin has already shown that he can call up as many um, uh, soldiers as he wants, um, as we've seen in places like Bakhmut and along the front line. 
that even uh, the Ukrainians are calling it a meat grinder because they just keep plowing in uh, these soldiers. Some of them untested have never fought, but they are effective in their own way just because they overwhelm uh, Ukrainian forces on the ground. So while there may be 97%, according to the British intelligence, uh, of Russian troops deployed, that's just for now. Uh, President Putin can dip into any number of uh, Russian forces who are going in. And the only reason I say that, it's not me being cynical or, or judging or questioning. This is when I talk to Ukrainian commanders on the ground, they, they're, they're concerned about Russia's war of attrition. Uh, they believe that President Putin is trying to, to, to just bear down and grind this out, thinking that the West, the United States, and others, uh, European allies, will tire of the war, will tire of the resources, will tire of, of the enormous expense, will tire of the ammunition, will tire of the artillery and the high Mars, which is an extraordinarily expensive thing to do. And it's also costing lives. You know, the longer Ukraine fights Russia and Russia fights Ukraine, the more damage is done and the more lives that are cost. And the Ukrainian um, commanders that we speak to believe that that is, that is President Putin's um, strategy just to keep grinding and, until the West grows tired of it and get as much as they can in the short time that they can. When did the Ukrainians themselves change their attitude from defending their country against the invas- invading Russians to demanding justice for everything that's happened? I, I think I think the turning point came in terms of the Ukrainians and their confidence and understanding that and and wanting to hold accountable Russia for war crimes, et cetera, or illegal invasion was after not just the defense of the Ukrainian capital itself in Kyiv, but once they started pushing Russian forces away from places like Irpin and Bucha, and then further east, when they started advancing from the second city in, in Ukraine, Kharkiv, and they started pushing Russians all the way back to the, the the lines that the Russians had taken or Russian separatists had taken up until that point, 2014, 2015, in the Donbass and Luhansk region. They started to think, well, we, we're not only capable of pushing Russians back here, but now we're going to hold them accountable. And with the influx of all of these weapons, if, I mean, if, if you remember a year ago, there, there were weapons like the Javelin. Which, which is an incredibly effective weapon, which is just a shoulder-launched anti-tank weapon. It just takes one person. It's a fire-and-forget weapon. You can fire it at a Russian T-72 tank and run before the tank can run. It can hit you back. And now we, we're starting to look at, at artillery, uh, high Mars, long-range weapons. Once that started to turn in that direction, they thought, well, not only are we going to win this conflict, and we're going to push Russia out, but we're going to hold them accountable for this illegal invasion, which pretty much all of the world, most of the world recognizes, and some of the war crimes and, and the unnecessary killing of civilians during conflict. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.